0: And we are back at her 104 on your uh, 17-degree Sunday. Loving life out here.
1: Let's face it, John. We're going to do our show, but do you really think anyone's listening today? this yes, yes. People are listening? Hardcores. I'm not so sure. Let's, we're going to bring our A game anyway, because we always do. <laughs> of course we but will. But I'm just not so sure people are going to be listening today. Hopefully they are. We're here to talk about employment law and yep. workplace rights and all that, that good stuff that people need to know about.
0: And if you want to uh, give us a call during the show, we'd love to hear from you. 416-870-6400. employmenthour. at com And the number 1-855-821-5900. You can use that. Anytime. Let's get to the week that was. I have a feeling I know what you're going to talk about.
1: <laughs> I'm going to talk about a few interesting things. And uh, we're going to talk about actually uh, more future shop stories in just uh, yes. a second. But let me start off by talking about another situation that uh, we resolved this week in my office. Actually, my uh, one of my colleagues, Lumi, uh, resolved a very interesting case this week where uh, you know it, it shows that employers sometimes try to be tough and unreasonable, and most of the time it, it just hurts them. In this case, uh, we were dealing with a long-service employee with over 20 years of service. Uh, When uh, she was let go, she was offered six months uh, of severance. Obviously, that's completely inadequate for her. And the company refused to negotiate in good faith. They really said they they would... They said, six months, that's it. We're not negotiating. We're not improving it. They dug their so, feet in. So they played hardball, exactly. Yeah. So we started a claim for wrongful dismissal. Now, in the meantime, unfortunately, this lady, our client, suffered a serious injury to her arm. Okay? And as a result, she was now unable to work, according to her doctor, unable to work at all, at least for, uh, for a period of time. Now, when the employer let her go, they cut her off disability coverage. So she no longer had access to long-term disability, which okay. she normally would have had the employer not cut her off. Well that was a big problem for the company because now the company steps into the shoes of the insurance company and have to pay her the disability benefits potentially for the next 20 years if that's Zoinks. how long that she's going to be disabled. So this lady would normally would have been entitled to right around 16 months of severance. Well, let me tell you that it settled for a heck of a lot more than that and why? Only because the employer initially played hardball. As a result of that, mm-hmm. something bad ended up happening that increased the employer's liability, so that employer now had to pay a lot more than it would have otherwise. If the employer had resolved that matter quickly, uh, what, what it should have done, there would have been no issue, the matter would have resolved before the injury, and the employer would have saved a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So the lesson here for employers is be v- be reasonable. If, if an employee is making reasonable demands, if making reasonable requests for severance, don't, uh, don't push them too much. Don't be unreasonable, because at the end of the day, the one that could be hurt by that could be you. If that employee, God forbid, gets into an accident, guess who's going to be liable because you cut off the disability coverage? You are the employer. Uh, and employees, again, don't be afraid to pursue your rights. In this case, uh, it, it worked out as well as it could have given the injury for this lady. Talk to me about Future Shop. So, future shop. The other matter I'm going to talk about. So, I, I continue to meet with a lot of future shop or former future shop employees uh, this week. I had the, uh, numerous meetings, numerous discussions, uh, and and consistently, again for the, the for the most part, with few exceptions, the people that I've spoken to got completely inadequate severance, and oftentimes uh, to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. Wow. Now, I learned some more interesting information. And that is this. Uh, Right around January of 2014, so just over a year ago, uh, many of these employees were asked to sign new employment agreements. Uh And uh, in that agreement, there's language that tries to limit the amount of severance that they'd be owed. However, that agreement, I can tell you right now, based on what I've seen so far, and it's still early, uh, early, is not worth the paper it's written on, and here's why. First of all, what happened is literally the employees show up to work one day, and the employer says, well, we have this new agreement for you to sign. Just sign here. It's fine. Don't worry about it, John. Just you go ahead and sign this. Right. Oh, okay, well, I guess you say it's fine. I'll sign. Well, what's the problem with that? Twofold. Number one, they're not getting anything in return. Which we've talked it. about. We've talked about it. For an employment agreement to be enforceable, you have to get something in return. So it's not like they were saying, tell you what, employee, you sign this, and you get a raise, or you get extra weeks vacation or a promotion. Nothing. You just sign this. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is if you're going to have an employee sign something as important as an employment agreement, you can't just say, well, don't worry, Johnny, it's fine, just sign here, everything's fine, it's, it's good. You got to give him time to consider it, to read it, to get some legal advice, to ask questions. It's a, pro- it's a process that has to be engaged in. So, if that is in fact what Future Shop did, and that's what I'm told, uh, those agreements are worth nothing. Wow. They do not limit these people's entitlements. And as a result, these individuals, whether they signed this 2014 agreement or not... I owed a lot more severance than they have been paid, and I'm going to be working over the next few weeks to resolve this and get them their proper severance. We'll
0: keep uh, keep us updated for sure. We'll take a short break, and we'll get to you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. one 821 5900 is Lior's number anytime. Watch more of the show. Just getting warmed up on the Employment Hour on AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 112 back live here in the Employment Hour. We, uh, we have far-reaching ears, my friend. We have listeners in Istanbul, Turkey.
1: We are very popular. All over the world, John. Yes, we are so. Hello, Istanbul. We we, we, uh, we we're happy you're listening. We'll get to a, uh, a phone call here. Got to Anne on the
0: line. Anne, welcome to the show.
2: Yes. Good afternoon, um, uh Lior. Lior. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was almost killed in a car crash, and um, I'm still battling it. And I still haven't completed my um, my case. Um, I received no severance, no LTD benefits. EI was bypassed they put me on one year of LTD benefits and then they said well you could go back to your job. Now I will not say who the job is but it was a very serious um, and important position that I held and my doctors were never consulted and it was all done through insurances the company and the union and they all just dragged it out for five years or more and also when we finally got to a hearing Um, They changed it in the middle of everything, and this is government people, a lawyer in the company. They changed it. My doctors were there. They sent my doctors home. It's just been a nightmare for me, and I went seven, well, eight years without any benefits. Right. They got away with it, and as my previous lawyer, um, I took one to the law assessment, and uh, that got resolved. They resolved that with me at, at the assessment at the Law Society. And the last one, um, he had a really good case going, and then he all of a sudden got cozy right in the room. My doctor saw it. And it was pushed under the table.
1: And let, let me let me, let me me stop you there, simply because if you're a unionized employee, as relates to the dispute between you and— What
2: do you and, do when the union doesn't help you? you well, told no, your office a couple of times, right. and you said the same thing. Yeah, and, 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 to and
1: exactly as a result, we, we cannot help unionized employee. The only thing you can do in that situation, if the union won't help you, is to file a complaint against the union with the labor board. And I can honestly tell you that that, in many cases, is a waste of time. So you, you're stuck. But That's, mine
2: wasn't because the labor board wanted it to go through the company and the union tried to get it dismissed. And the company and the union board, I've got the letter where the union board said, no, it's going to go through. And then I had a real fancy lawyer that sided with them and said, no, um, just remove yourself from the labor board and go to this. This, uh, and uh, the, the
1: bottom line is as it relates to your employer, the only one that can deal with your employer if you're part of a union is the union. There's no exceptions, there's no other options, and, and, and you're stuck. That's one of the biggest downsides of being a union. As a lot of people don't understand that, they think, Oh, I'm going to be with a union, that's great. Unfortunately, you, you live and die by the union, and if the union won't help you or is not doing a good job, you can't say, Well, guess what? I'm just going to hire Leo, or he's a great lawyer, and he's going to deal with it. You can't do that, I'm not allowed. to to deal with that. Uh, And, you know, there's a big story in the news just this year, uh, Jan Gomeshi, Mm -hmm. he filed a a lawsuit against the CBC, and it was a waste of his time. He had to pay costs to the CBC because he was part of a union. He couldn't do that. So uh, if Jan Gomeshi can't do it, uh, and and then no one can do it, and unfortunately that's that's the reality. 416-870-6400,
0: star 640 on cell. Welcome, Mitchell. How are you?
1: I'm very good.
3: Uh, Thank you guys for having me on the show. I'm a big fan of the show. I I find it very informative. I just, uh, really, I have a couple circumstances at work. I work in a call center environment, and um, two things happened to me more recently, both of which that I feel I was unjustly getting in trouble. But I recently I found that my boss wasn't being the most professional at work, so I filed uh, a complaint with the Human Resources. About four days after I filed the complaint my uh, I ended up with a the suspension uh, they went through and they came up with something that was so ridiculous about my phone calls um, the second thing is uh, um, recently I was suspended from work because I had a customer call in and threaten my life and uh, I just I they put me in such an awkward situation that I, I don't feel that you know when people are calling in that to a call center is a place for them to say, I'm going to kill you. So I ended up getting suspended for that for hanging up on the phone call. But really, I thought there's a like a law or something like that that we have a, a right to refuse uh, unsafe work. So, so really, any thoughts and opinions would be appreciated.
1: Thanks. Sure, sure, Mitchell. So first of all, if you're filing a legitimate uh, harassment complaint with HR and HR is not doing anything about it or potentially uh... retaliating against you by filing by by suspending you with some sort of a bogus excuse that is actually illegal a company cannot retaliate against you for uh, trying to prevent harassment. They have a duty to protect you from harassment. They have a duty to investigate and take these matters seriously. So, So by suspending you or ignoring it, that is illegal, and there could potentially be damages. You potentially could also treat your employment as being terminated, what we call a constructive dismissal, and get severance. An employer generally does not also have a right to suspend without pay, if you were suspended without pay, that alone could be a constructive dismissal. So it certainly seems like what they've done, there's their they're trying to create an environment where you're going to be uncomfortable in coming back or not want to come back so you may be in a constructive dismissal situation there's very little that you're going to be able to do internally because it seems like hr is not really dealing with this properly so your choices ultimately are going to be either stay and hope things get better maybe they will maybe they won't Or leave and require the company to pay you severance, Mm -hmm. and that's going to be calculated based on your age, position, and length of employment. What I propose is if you're considering that second option, leaving with severance, do not, do not do anything before you and I get to speak off the air, okay? Give me a call off here. Let me find out more about you, about your position, about your income, and we'll talk about whether that's an option that makes sense for you.
0: Mitchell, that number, 416-216-5900. Again, 416-216-5900. Uh, we'll take a short break here. you want to get a hold of it with an email. Leor L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And the number anytime is 1-855-821-5900. Lots more of the Employment Hour on the way on AM 640. And AM 900 CHML. Leora, employmenthour.com, and 1 821 5900, or give us a call here on the air up until uh, 2 o'clock. We'd love to talk to you. I want to get into termination and severance, talking about some basics. First, I want to ask you this. So, I had a, a family member this week who got called up for jury duty. Uh, she got picked and uh, was told that it was going to be a three week trial. Her husband's laughing, going, Yes, I got the house to myself. And <laughs> rudely, she got it, it was done. They, they closed in one day. That's okay. unfair. I would do, to him. He's like, really, you're going to be home again. So my question is, if you uh, if you get called out for jury duty and you you're picked, you're on a jury for you know two months, three weeks, six months, a year. What can your employer do? Do they have any recourse? Can they fire you? Can no. they suspend you? Can they do anything? No. You're, do they have to pay you?
1: No. So excellent question. You, you, the employer does not have to pay you, but the employer uh, so is required. It's, it's a, effectively a protected leave of absence. Okay. So the employer is required to allow you the time off to fulfill your civic duty and give you uh, that time to go on jury duty. They cannot let you go. That's illegal. If, if, if the reason they let you go is because of that, if the department shut down while you happen to be on jury duty, it's well, you know, it's just bad luck. Yeah. Uh, but no, they do not have to pay you while you're there. So hopefully, uh, if anyone uh, gets called to jury duty, remember you have that protection. Uh, that your your job will be there waiting for you when you come back. Cool.
0: Let's get into uh, Termination Severance then. Uh, uh, right off the top, do you have to work for a minimum amount of time before you're entitled to any of it?
1: You know, there's so many misconceptions out there, John, and uh, I, I get calls, emails all the time. And, you know, over the last uh, two years that we've been doing the show, I think we've informed a lot of people, you oh, yeah. know, uh, thousands and thousands of people, and that's great. That's why I'm here uh, every weekend talking. But there's so many people out there still. There's so many misconceptions for employers and employees. And, you know, I, I, I think this would be a better society for everyone if we all knew what our rights were. So uh, let's talk about some basics. And you've asked me about the uh, minimum amount of time before you get severance. And the answer is absolutely not. There is no minimum amount of time. There is no, uh, well, you have to work for five years or two years or three months, nothing. Anyone is entitled to, to severance. And by severance, what I mean to, to, without getting technical, is compensation that you get if you lose your job. That's what severance is. Uh, and, and, yes, everyone gets severance. Even people that work for two months get severance unless they sign an agreement that excludes that. So in some cases, if you sign an agreement that says maybe in the first three months we can let you go without severance, a probationary period, then you won't get Otherwise, you get severance all the time. And not only is there no minimum, as I've said on the show before, John, Oftentimes, short-service employees, employees with five years or less seniority, mm-hmm. get more severance proportionally than they would if they worked longer. So you may have an employee with a year of employment; they may get six months of severance. You may have an employee with six months of employment that could get six months of severance, wow. depending on their age and position. So, uh, absolutely, there's no minimum. And if you hear about it, if you read about it online that there is a minimum, that's wrong. That's false. If you lost your job, doesn't matter how long you've worked. You call me, and I'll tell you the truth. Okay, so now they all have to pay it. Uh, does the size of the company matter? I'm
0: sure you could ask that question too, right?
1: I, I get, In fact, just that during does the Does size matter, break, Lior, is what
0: we're <laughs> asking here, right? The size of the company, that, that is.
1: That's a topic for a different show, okay? <laughs> maybe uh, maybe you should, you should call Oakley, ask him that. I don't know. Yeah, right. But uh, actually, just during the break, John, I got, uh, I got an email, literally uh, someone saying, that my uh, uh, emailing about her mother, Mm -hmm. that her mother was let go, and the employer said that they don't have to pay her any compensation, any severance because their payroll in Ontario is very small. That's right. So the, uh, the question becomes, does the size of the company, does the size of the payroll matter in terms of severance? And the answer is, again, absolutely not. You're going to get a, the same amount of severance whether you're working for a company with two employees or 2,000 employees. Now, your minimum entitlements may be different if you're working for a large company versus a small company, but your full entitlements, what we call your common law entitlements, are going to be identical, They're based on the length of your employment, your age, and your position. So I I mentioned three factors there. I did not mention size of the company. I did not mention number of employees or size of payroll. That's irrelevant. So age, position, length of employment, and in this case, uh, if that employer is telling uh, this lady's mother that she's not gonna get severance that is a wrongful dismissal of course she's gonna in, in, be entitled to severance so she needs to call me we can discuss this and she's gonna get severance
0: important info on this show for sure Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred 870 star 640 on sale now uh, some employees work under a, a contract with a you know a fixed end date right do these people get severance when the contract ends yeah
1: and you know I I see this all the time and it's quite common in fact again uh, during the break I got a, another email about a guy that uh, is working on a contract until 2017. So a fixed-term contract is a contract that has a specific end date. So it's not open-ended. So we know that this contract is going to end on a a specified date that's written into that contract. Mm -hmm. So normally what happens, you're going to work till the end of the contract, and that's it. You're done. At that point, you're not going to be entitled to severance because the agreement was simply, I'm going to work until uh, January of 2016, and that's it. So what happens if the employer wants to terminate before? So the contract ends January 2016, and the employer wants to let someone go in April of 2015. Mm -hmm. Well, the general rule is that the employer has to pay the balance owing on the contract. So in, in my example, from April of 2015 till January 2016, that's how much the employer has to pay. The exception to that, or the way potentially around that for the employer, is if the contract specifically says in writing, that if we terminate early, we'll give you a week's pay or two weeks' pay. It says something different. If the contract is silent on what happens if the employer uh, terminates before the end date, the employee gets the balance of the contract. And I've had situations where someone comes to me with a, a three year contract and they're let go six months into it. And guess what? That employer owes them another two and a half years' right. pay. Wow. Okay? So that's the lesson for employees, for employers. If you're going to have someone work on a fixed-term contract for the employer, you want to have something in the contract that outlines what would happen if you wanted to terminate them early. Okay? Sure. Very important.
0: We'll take a phone call just before we break. Got Sue on the line. Hi, Sue. Welcome to the show.
3: Hi. How are you doing?
0: Good. How are you? What's up? Good. Thanks
3: for taking the call. Um, just a quick question. Is bankruptcy different if a company goes bankrupt? Um, you've
2: worked with them for 28 years?
1: Yeah, you know, Sue, uh, and, and I think the, the, the technical term is SOL, yes. Uh, yeah, right. I unfortunately, that's kind of the one thing we can't do anything about because once a company is bankrupt – uh, they, they have this, this shield protecting them that you can't do anything. So in some cases, depending on uh, how much money they have and how much they owe to their secured creditors, you may get a small portion or fraction of what your full entitlements would be, uh, yeah. but you will never, ever get your full entitlements. So if you work for 28 years, you may well be owed 24 months of severance, but I can tell you right now you're not going to see any, anything near that uh if, if anything at all unfortunately that's yeah. probably one of the worst things that could happen for an employee uh for the employer They're, they're, as well. they're the end of the soup line right it is it is yeah. because you're an unsecured creditor and right. only what happens the secured creditors usually the banks are going to be the ones that are going to get paid uh, first and whatever scraps are left over and sometimes there's no scraps left mm-hmm. over are going to be the ones that make it to the employees, and it's bad news. Lots more coming up.
0: Take a short break. If you want to give us a call? We'd love to hear from you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Email Leor L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And his number anytime, one 855 821 5900, The Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. com, and the phone number right here, as you just heard, 416-870-6400-640 on sale. You got a, an interesting voicemail. Huh?
1: Yeah, I got a voicemail. I'm going to call this gentleman back, but I thought I'd talk about this now. There's a bit of an irate voicemail, and, and it was from an employer. It's a, he says, I'm a small business owner uh, up in the 705 area code, mm-hmm. and you know I, I'm, I'm, I'm scared to death hearing you on the show now. Uh, because, you know, I, I always try to comply with uh, all the legislation, but you're telling me that whatever is in the legislation is only a small fraction of what someone is actually owed. So so, so, what gives? What, how do you say that and why do you believe that? So that's a great question. It's yeah, an excellent sure. question. And, and, you know, I, I want to make it clear. I'm not picking on employers. I'm just telling it the way it is. Uh, And I'm trying to protect both employees and employers and inform both of them. But to his specific question, as it relates to termination and severance, what's in the statute? And by statute, he means the Employment Standards Act. Okay, that is only a person's minimum entitlements, not their full entitlements. I didn't say that. Our courts have said that for the last 150 years. So someone's full entitlements are significantly greater than what's in the statute. So if you're just complying with the statute, that's wonderful, but you're only meeting and complying with the person's uh, minimum entitlements, a fraction of their full entitlements. Now, he may say, well, you're wrong, Leroy, because I've been doing this for years, and I've been getting away with it, or, not getting, or I've, I've been doing it and no one said anything. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But just because you've been getting away with it doesn't mean that it's legal. An example, let's say you pay someone less than minimum wage. And they don't know any better, and they don't do anything about it. It's still illegal, mm-hmm. and maybe at some point you get caught and get in, in, into trouble. So that's the bottom line. Whatever is in the statute is a minimum and as relates to severance and termination, every person has significantly greater entitlements. It's not Lior's rule. It's it's common law. It's what's the, the law in Canada. Uh, and it's been that way for many, many years.
0: So how do you fight that if it's legislation and it's a statute? It, it's carved into Canadian law. How do you go beyond just giving them their minimum? Because that's the law, apparently,
1: right? Yeah, but it, 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 but in the statute, even it says that that is only a minimum. Right. So, you know, the, the, the way to know how much you owe someone, at least as it relates to termination and severance, you get legal advice, use the severance pay calculator, right. severancepaycalculator.com. And, and, and that is that. You can't say, well, ignorance of the law is never a defense. Right. Oh, I didn't know that was the law. Well, too bad. You still have to comply with it. You know, I didn't know that, uh, a minima, that the speed limit was 100. I thought it was 200. That's why I was driving. It doesn't matter. You still have to comply with the law, whether you know it or not.
0: Get Jack on the line. Jack, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I have a question. Um, My son has found another job, and he's going to be handing in his notice. This company is quite tough to deal with sometimes. So if he gives in his notice, there's a good chance that the employer is just going to say, just go home, you're done. Right. Does the employer have to pay them for the two weeks' notice?
1: Yes, the employer does have to pay for the two weeks' notice, uh, and if they refuse, for a case like that, he probably can contact the Ministry of Labour to, to, for some help. Usually I, I completely and utterly recommend against uh, contacting the Ministry of Labour, but in this case, over two weeks' pay, uh, yes, you should contact the Ministry of Labour. They have to pay him.
0: Okay, fantastic. Thanks. Interesting question, right?
1: Yeah, it happens all the time. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm required to give my employer notice because I have an agreement that says that. I'm going to give them two weeks, three weeks, whatever it says. I give them notice, employer, I'm leaving in two weeks. You know what? We want you gone today. That's fine. The employer but, could do that. But you still have to pay for those two weeks. Uh, there's right. no exceptions to that.
0: We're talking about some broad strokes with termination and severance. So if you, if you try to negotiate the amount of severance, um, and, and you, we, we've had this phone call, but I don't want to go through it again. Got a severance package, want a negotiated amount, do I risk losing it all and saying, oh, that's it, you don't want it? Fine, we're taking it off the
1: table. The reality is that no, absolutely not, you are not. And, and here's why. If an employer owes you, I don't know, $50,000 of severance, whatever, and they've offered you $30,000, what does that 30000 represent? Uh, it represents a great deal for the employer right? So they're never going to take that off the table. They're, they'd be extremely happy for you to accept that 30000 because it's a great wonderful deal for them. So if you're owed $50,000, forget about the $30,000 you have been offered because you're owed another twenty. So no, you're not risking losing. I have never, ever, ever had a case where someone lost what they were offered. Uh, it's just not going to happen. It's not possible. You, your job is to make sure you get your full entitlements if you lost your job because that money is what's going to carry you while you're looking for other work, mm-hmm. while you don't have any other income. Do not worry about uh, about losing anything. I'm not a risk taker. I don't like my clients to take risk, so I would never advise someone to pursue a matter if it was inherently risky.
0: 416-870-6400, star 640 on sell. Chris, on the line. Chris, I'm not sure if you're a man or a woman, but uh, you're on the line. You got a question? Yeah.
4: Think Chris is a uh, manly name.
0: You sound like a guy. <laughs> Very yeah, I'm a little deep. <laughs> What's up,
4: uh, Lior, How are you, sir? I always enjoy uh, listening to uh, somebody that knows what they're talking about.
1: Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it.
4: No, I appreciate it. Um, was self-employed for, for quite some time. Got a uh, started throwing my resumes out. Um, was employed. I won't name the employer. Um, was given an offer. Uh, the, the offer was was fantastic. Uh, uh, possible one hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year with 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 commissions, uh, which is which is outrageous. It, not possible within ten years. But what they didn't put in in my in my conditions was that I have to be out uh, to Fort McMurray of all places for for a month.
0: And hey, you're from here, Chris. You're from Toronto.
4: I'm from the Niagara Peninsula.
0: Okay, and they want to send you Alberta.
4: Uh, right. Wow. So for, for,
1: for training, I guess.
4: For, for training, and there's there's no uh, no cross training between what they do in, in Fort McMurray uh, in the oil sands versus here. The gentleman that I was with, and I use that loosely, um, was not training me, and I was I was sitting in a truck for four hours at a time. And I eventually said after my first two weeks there, and I spent Easter there, um, guys, this resource, being myself, is, is, is not being utilized properly. I need to go back to Ontario and understand what we're doing, it's specialized, uh, specialized mechanical. Mm-hmm. I need to go back to Ontario and, and see what we're doing here and, and get on the ground running. Um, you're wasting your money. I'm wasting my time, and you're wasting your time. Gotcha. They, uh, they terminated me, um, and the reason was I was on a, uh, a a phone call where I was told to shh. And the reason was is I was too needy. Okay. Um, which he's willing to to back up the the operations manager. I heard it. I'm too needy. They're not willing to give me uh even two weeks severance
1: now Chris, how long did you work there for total
4: it was only uh it was only a month mm-hmm. uh, and, and an absolute uh, crap show
1: and and how old are you chris
4: uh i'm forty uh forty four
1: okay now let me say this uh this really comes down to whether you, when you started uh, there you know a month before whether you signed an employment agreement or a contract of employment, the reason for that is uh that agreement may specifically say that they have the ability to let you go, let's say, in the first three months, without any compensation. If it says that, it says that exactly what I've just it, said. No, it does not. Okay. Well if that's what it's if it does not say that then you're absolutely entitled to severance. What kind of a job was this? Was it a sales job?
4: yeah I would be running all of ontario
1: oh okay so in in your situation you probably are entitled to two to three months of severance actually so not only do you get severance even though you've only there really a month your you, your severance would exceed the length of, uh, of your employment uh, i feel better knowing that there's nothing about termination in your agreement so no, uh, so no, as
4: a result no thinking about going to fort mcmurray for for, okay. for a month
1: so you need to give me a call off air. I want to talk to you and we'll get some more details about the company and, and you know, your compensation and what actually happened. But you are absolutely going to be entitled to severance, Chris. So I really want to talk to you off air.
0: Chris, that number again, 416-216-5900 or 1-855-821-5900 and 180 grand a year. You know, three or four months' severance. That's a, that's a lot of clams, right? So give him a call for sure. We'll take a short break. More phone calls coming up right here in the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. You bet. To Leo at employmenthour.com and 1 821 5900. We'll get to a phone call right away. We've got Holt on the line. Welcome. Hello. Hi, how are you? Uh, good, thanks. Okay, you got a question for Leo. Go ahead.
5: Yes, yeah, so my question for Leo is that I was on disability and I tried to go back to work. And um, this is a that I'm not well enough, which I still have a little bit of pain, but I've worked with that type of pain before. So after three times, uh, and I make a call to the office because I haven't received any payment from them for since January to today. They um, they are now talking about suggesting that I go and uh, unemployment sick pay.
1: And and how long were you off work, Holt? I've uh, been off since October first. Of uh, 2014. Yes. And has your doctor cleared you to return back to work? It gave me, it cleared me to return with with modified duties. Okay. And
5: they're they're not accepting the modified, they don't want me to come back with modified duties.
1: I see. Okay. So uh, you really have two options here, Holt. Uh, First of all, are you a part of a union? No. Okay. So you have two options here. Uh, The first option is you can wait and hopefully. The the modified duties get uh, uh, lifted, and maybe at that point the company takes you back. And I mean, I'll leave that to you if that's what you want to do. The other thing is they actually have to provide modified duty; that's their legal obligation. And if they refuse, as as you just told us that they have, yeah. you can treat that as a termination. You can treat that your employment as being at an end. Not only that, you can consider your rights under the human rights code to be violated, uh, which is illegal. So you are now entitled to compensation and severance. So really, your choices are going to be wait, and hopefully things get better. Maybe the company will take you back. I'll leave it to you. Or you can pursue your severance right now. Now, how long have you worked there total, uh, uh, Holt? I
5: started since 19, uh,
1: 2008. 2008. So, so some seven years. And what kind of a job? What do you do?
5: Uh, I'm a vac form operating. Machine and uh, other any other jobs they have around it for me to do.
1: Got it. And how old do you hold? I'm 54. So in your
5: sorry, 64.
1: 50, 64. Yes. 64. Okay. So in your case, you're going to be entitled to right around 10 months, 10 to 12 months potentially of severance. Uh, so that's what's at stake here. So you can wait or you can pursue your full severance, which will be between 10 to 12 months of pay. Uh, it, it, the decision is up to you. Uh, but uh, I, I certainly can tell you that not only are you are going to be entitled to severance, you potentially are also owed compensation and damages under the Human Rights Code. And if that's something you want to pursue, and let me say by, by pursue, this is a fairly easy matter. It's not a complicated matter to pursue. It's not something that's going to take a very long time to resolve. And if yeah. you want to pursue that, I'd be more than happy to work with you and help you.
5: Okay. At, this, at the same time,
1: too, I'm also appealing the WSIB decision that they yep. have denied me that it's not a
5: work-related injury. Would that affect it?
1: No, it does not affect it at all. And you absolutely should continue with that appeal. And it certainly does not affect what the company's obligations to you are. Okay. Great. Okay. So and if, let, if let you're going to pursue this, you, yes. yeah, give me a call. I look forward to speaking to you.
0: Thanks. Hold that number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five. Eight two one fifty nine hundred. We are uh, right in the middle of talking about termination seven. So, um, someone has lost their job. They they maybe think they're about to lose their job. Is there something they can do to maybe prepare for when this happens if it's going to come down?
1: Yeah. And first of all, the question then becomes. Uh, if you think you're going to lose your job, do you think it's going to be because the employer is going to say you did, did something wrong, terribly wrong? Mm-hmm. Or it's simply you think you're going to lose your job because maybe the employer is about to cut costs? If it's the first situation where you think the employer is going to let you go, maybe for cause, they they've been writing you up, they've been complaining about your performance, and you think they're getting ready to say, we're letting you go for cause. In that case, you want to be able to to gather whatever information you can get your hands on that to respond to these allegations. So if they say that you didn't do something or you got something wrong, I want to have whatever information, or emails, uh, or whatever backup that you have to prove that that wasn't the case or the ability to respond to that. Because remember, you're not going to have access to any of this information when you're let go. So very, very important to be able to respond to these allegations if you know in advance they're coming. Now, if you believe your employment is going to be terminated without cause, the company maybe has been talking about cutting uh, costs and making some changes and restructuring. Really, at that point, there's not a heck of a lot that you can do. The employer can let you go as long as they pay severance. What I want you to do is, number one, uh, have copies of any employment agreement that you've signed or job offers that you signed. Get a copy from HR. Have that in your file because we're going to need that. Have a, have your latest T4s or pay steps because we're going to need to know exactly how much compensation you earned. So if your, your compensation changes and there's bonuses or commissions, we need to know exactly what that is. So have that, have your employment agreement, and that way if your employment is terminated, you're going to be ready.
0: We'll get to uh, Joe here before the break. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, how are you doing? Doing great. Thank you. How are you, Joe?
3: Good, thanks. Okay, so... My situation is that uh, I've worked for the company as, uh, as uh, for the past since 2008, but um, now the, uh, we're about to be laid off. The, uh, but I've, I've been told by HR that all I'm entitled to is uh, a week per year. Now I, I know, Leah I've been saying. That's not the case, but they've insisted that that's the case. Now, where do I go from there?
1: So, first, Joe, are you part of a union?
3: No, I'm not. Okay.
1: So, the reality is, Joe, it's not one week per year. It's not even going to be close to being one week per year. Uh, It could, in fact, be, depending on your age and position, it could be 8, 10, 12 months or more. uh, Months, not weeks. Now, what I would want to see, Joe is a copy of an employment agreement that you've signed. So if you've been there for seven years, seven years ago, maybe you signed an employment agreement or a job offer letter. I want to see what it says. It's possible that that may change the analysis, uh, but usually, no. It, you're you're going to be able a heck of a lot more than a week per year of service. What I recommend you do, Joe, right now, is you can go to severancepaycalculator.com, find out exactly how much you're owed. It's going to ask you three questions, and on that basis, you'll know how much you're owed. And then give me a call because you're going to get a lot more than a week per year of service. It's
0: always that way, right? Week, yeah. two weeks, everyone thinks. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Keep hammering out there like you have for two years. Eventually, you won't have to say it anymore. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll take a short break. Again, 416 870 star 640 on sale. you got uh, some phone calls possibly for our last segment coming up to 2 o'clock. Lee or at employmenthour.com and 1-855-821-5900. The Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. All right, get down to our last few minutes here of the show. We were talking termination and severance, some broad strokes. I'll just I'll hit you up with this one uh, right away. Severance
1: paid out, lump sum or installments. Does the employer have a choice? Is one better? Yeah, well, generally speaking, an employer does have a choice, and, and it could be paid in one of two ways. A lump sum payment simply means here's a check for the severance that we owe you. We'll continue your benefits for the required period of time, and off you go. The nice thing about a lump sum payment is that there's no strings attached. So if you take the payment and the next day you find another job, you're, you're probably happy and you've done okay. So that's option one. Option two is the employer can pay by, by installments. Effectively, the employer can pay over time. So if the employer owes you 6 months severance, the employer can say, I'll pay you six months, but I'll pay you every two weeks on our payroll like you're for getting six paid. months. Exactly. Yeah. Usually, though, that comes with a condition that says that if you find a job while we're still paying you, We're going to cut you off and give you half of what's outstanding. So as you figure it out already, obviously, of the two options, the lump sum payment is better for the employee. The good news is it's often negotiable and and, and usually is negotiable. The, The key here is that the employer is paid for the right amount of time, six months, 12 months, 18, whatever that is. Everything else can be negotiated. And in many cases, a resolution is going to involve a lump sum payment.
0: So someone calls you and says, you know, I know that, uh, you know, I've been in a group of other people that have uh, have been let go. Now I know the employer has paid other employees severance equivalent to two weeks per year. Does that mean I get that?
1: Yeah, and I get that all the time. Well, I know that historically this employer has paid people a week per year, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is. uh, So that's what I'm expecting. Well, the reality is it's completely and utterly irrelevant what that employer has paid anyone else, whether that's good or bad. So if the employer owes you a certain amount of money, that employer has to pay that amount of money, irrespective of, of whether or not it did that with other people. So someone may have gotten uh, a bad severance package in the past. That does not mean you have to get one. But the flip side of that, someone may have gotten a wonderful severance package that was more than they're owed. Again, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get that as well. Your entitlements are individual. Every person has their own rights and entitlements based on their own age, their own length of employment, and their own job. So you can't compare two people because everyone's going to have different factors. So it doesn't matter what the employer has done with other people. Uh, If if their practice is to pay two weeks for every year of service, I don't care about that. If you're owed more, you're going to have to get more, uh, even if that means that the employer is going to have to pay you more than anyone else.
0: Severance Pay Calculator.
1: Right, exactly, Love and we, we've already addressed it a couple of times now, and over 100,000 people have used it, uh, severancepaycalculator.com. It outlines and tells you how much severance you're going to get. Now, there's been some competitors recently uh, that try to create uh, you know, uh, th- their own versions of it, but the one, the original, we've created it over two years ago, uh, severancepaycalculator.com. You put in your age, position, length of employment, and it, it gives you an idea of how much severance you're owed, six months, 12 months, uh, anything else. Uh, And it also can calculate that in dollars. And if you input the amount of severance that you've been offered, it may tell you exactly in dollars. Uh, what the difference is, so that you have a, real, a realistic view. So, go to severancepaycalculator.com if you lost your job, if you're concerned about losing your job, or maybe you just want to know what you would be owed in the event that one day my employer has to let me go. severancepaycalculator.com. And
0: you've also mentioned terminationquestions.com yeah, as well. And, and,
1: you know, we, we, as I said, we only hear once a, once a week on the weekend answering questions but I'm available always, and some people don't want to call me or, or they're you know bashful, they're not sure how to phrase their, their question if they, they talk to me, uh, and they, they they feel more comfortable uh, in writing. So terminationquestions.com, you can post your question right there anonymously, no names are shown, uh, and then I'll respond right there online with a full answer and giving you the information that you need so very very neat question uh, website terminationquestions.com. It's like having the employment hour available uh, mm-hmm. seven days a week. It's and there's great. a
0: big and at this point there's a big archive of questions that have been previously asked. Literally so hundreds and hundreds
1: right? of questions. You can search. You can you can literally get a uh, an education on the area of employment law right there. And you know uh, even during the course of the show today, John, the one mm-hmm. hour that we've been here, I've gotten a bunch of questions. So don't worry, everyone that's asked those questions. We're going to answer those a bit later today. Uh, and happy to do that. And always obviously. We're here on the weekend, so call us, talk to me live. Happy to answer any question. You got it.
0: And when we come back next week, uh, same thing applies. Ask your questions. We like to hear from you, emails, and otherwise. In the, in the interim, the uh, email is Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com, and the number is one eight five we will do it all again next weekend right here on AM640 and AM900CHML. This is the Employment Hour.